I'm Cesar Rubio, five-time past master of Palm Springs Laws number 693, and this is Masonic Muscle, where we focus on the strongest aspect of Freemasonry, a virtuous education of the mind, fortifying it with wise and serious truths, encouraging all brethren to increase their level of fitness one degree at a time, making exercise and study a cornerstone of your daily routine because Freemasonry is work. When you put in the work, you get closer and closer to the point within the circle. Masonic muscle. We give you more light, but no lightweights. We're here to pump you up, body, mind, and soul. So let's get to it. Start warming up. Start doing some push-ups. Hey, you brother over there, start getting the jewels ready. Start getting aprons and everything clean. Oh, are we on? Are we on? Okay. Hey, welcome back. Have you uh, been getting out there? Have you? Man, it's warming up down here in Southern California. It's uh, a couple of times it's hit almost 100 degrees. And we're out there in the dungeon. It's kind of warm in there. Beginning to sweat a whole lot more. You know, and uh, we're hitting it hard still. A lot of sweat. A lot of grunting. A lot of bad things are happening to those weights. A lot of bad smells too. I guess that comes with the territory, right? So get out there. Get you some. Man, you still haven't started walking? What are you waiting for? Increase uh, your, you know, your level of fitness one degree at a time. And by, by all means, eat better. Eat better. I've got an article here for you from the uh, Philalethes magazine. It was written in 1993. It came out in December. And for those of you who have noticed or maybe not noticed, I, I draw a lot from the uh, Philalethes magazine. Why? Because, like I've mentioned before, these articles are well written. Uh, they've been vetted. So there can be a lot of argument uh, to be had, even though there is. They're written there for our consumption. And believe it or not, there was a, a in one of the Philalethes magazines years and years ago, maybe in the 70s, maybe early 80s, the editor, I believe, was basically telling all of the subscribers and the people who are reading the magazine that he's been getting a lot of requests to censor some of the, uh, the articles, some of the information that was being written. And he absolutely refused. He's no, no, I'm not here for that. As long as the articles are in good taste, it doesn't matter if you disagree with them. I'm going to put it out for your consumption because that is one of our rights as American citizens. Can you believe that? The audacity of this man to defend our right to speak? Wow. Let's get on to it. Today's article is called Mystical and Esoteric or Social, written by John N. Yingling. December 1993, and it goes something like this. It says, Many English words have more than one meaning. Here, to avoid confusion, is my definition of words frequently used in this article. Mystical, spiritually significant, symbolical, or allegorical, relating to or teased on intuition, contemplation, or meditation of a spiritual nature. Hear that word, contemplation, brethren? Remember, 
Remember when you heard that word, contemplation? Well, it's, it's sprinkled throughout our first, second, and third degrees, I believe. So, next word, esoteric. Intended for or understood by only a chosen few as an inner group of disciples or initiates beyond the understanding or knowledge of most people. Allegory. A dramatic representation, the apparent or superficial sense of which parallels a deep, deeper sense. Symbol, a material object used to represent something. Inculcate, to teach or impress by frequent repetition. The idea that there is something mystical or esoteric in Freemasonry is viewed by suspicion, even alarm by some speculative Masons, who says ours is a social organization of men for their enjoyment and nothing else. Man, I don't know how many times I've heard that one. So I can uh, relate with you, brother, if you're still alive. They fear that contemplating its symbols and allegories is an innovative adventure by mystical nuts and dreamers who are reading into the fraternity something that is not there. They feel that to do so will bring it closer, too close to a religion and bring down the wrath of fundamentalists of all the great religions, discouraging religions, men who will scatter like quail from the danger of heresy. They feel that Masonic scholars of the past have wasted much intellectual energy researching the evolution of the religions and philosophies of the past that have impacted Freemasonry and moral values it espouses. Some contemporary Masonic historians feel they have discredited the value of that research. But in writing history, is there no value to the spirit that animated the men who created the events historians record? I offer for your consideration that there is a mystical and esoteric element in the ritual which inculcates enlightenment and is its most important contribution. Freemasonry describes itself as a system of morals, veiled in allegory and illustrated by symbols. The ritual rests on the use of symbols, allegories, and metaphors to excite a curiosity and satisfy the all-pervasive religious sentiment by a reverential contemplation of the obscure. If Freemasonry can by instilling a reverence for the great mystery of God, cause men to rise above the fundamentalist creeds over which men love to kill one another into a genuine brotherhood of men from every theology, if it can cause men to rise above the ignorance, superstition, and bigotry that is latent in all of us and other religious men, then we can restore the light of Freemasonry that is dimming. Symbols are resistant to the constraints of words, but their illustration that does not need to be filtered through the rational mind can be perceived without difficulty if inculcated. This was well understood by early Masonic writers. If the meaning of symbols can be explained by others, why do they use them unless there is something spiritually significant about them that makes an explanation by others superficial? If symbols cannot develop an idea, they can excite an appropriate feeling and with their vagueness reach what a simple and intelligible theology cannot. 
Freemasonry can, with good conscience, offer light to already religious men because it can add a mystical experience that provides interfaith values without fundamentalist doctrinal theology. Surely, the conviction of morality is as much a passionate spiritual pursuit as it is a rational one, and behavior follows conviction. If there is nothing esoteric about the Lodge, why do we dabble in secret words, grips, vows, and penalties for disclosing hidden mysteries? What hidden mysteries? Why do we initiate men behind closed doors with Tyler's guarding against eavesdroppers? Why swear never to reveal what transpires behind doors? Why are initiates advanced by degrees to additional light so often promised but never articulated? Why is the ritual so ambiguous that it neither confirms or denies that Freemasonry is a religion? It says it's religion if religion it may be called. Well, is it or isn't it? What is it that Freemasons absorb from the ritual by inculcation that makes them so loyal to the fraternity and the men in it? Is there something about Freemasonry that, if expressed in lecture form immediately upon admission, without the use of symbols and allegories, and slowly, degree by degree, coming to enlightenment, that would discourage men from allowing themselves to its exposure? Why do we give God a title instead of a name? Why do we aver there is only one living and true God while accepting into membership worshipers of Yahweh, Jesus, Allah, and others? Surely there are some profound implications in all this that requires contemplation and reasoning. How can Freemasonry have the audacity to offer enlightenment through initiation to refined Jewish, Christian, and Islamic theologians who are steeped in the laws of God, His love, and submission to Him, unless it has something to offer beyond the primary introductory salvation, mental hygiene, and moral reform of those traditions. If the drama, symbols, and allegories are just mumbo-jumbo without significant spiritual enlightenment, why don't we abandon them? Moral behavior can be taught without them. If the only aim of speculative Freemasonry is to find happiness, why do we call it speculative? I feel that contemplating not only what is expressed but also what is implied is a true spiritual adventure that can unite men in an advanced esoteric brotherhood whose usefulness to society cannot be estimated. And this is the direction in which Freemasonry should be moving. Quick and to the point, brethren. And if you just joined Freemasonry, or if you've been a member for a long time, you know you've had this conversation with other members about the esoteric. And, oh, I don't like that because that's esoteric. And, uh, you know, the Freemasonry has nothing to do with that. When you begin to get into the definition and the etymology of the word, then uh, you begin to realize that they, what they're referring to is something a little bit different. And so it's, very, it's tantamount that the, uh, the brethren and, and the lodge itself should open the floor and have discussions, you know, with rules, with uh, 
a way to get away from a debate and explore what we're really trying to say and why and why not uh, until we co- uncover our own biases and prejudices. Because once we get to that point, then, then we can begin to make even more progress because we realize that we're holding on to something that just may not be exactly true. I think that's some of what Freemasonry is supposed to foster within the Lodge Room, headed by the Worshipful Master as, as King Solomon, as a wise judge, and allow the conversation to develop and go and, and uh, move in the direction that it's going to go in for the benefit of all there, because that's when we really, we really begin to make progress. What do you think? All right. Then with that, brethren, I will close out this session and we will proceed to close. These strong sessions are calculated to inculcate in the mind of the novitiate the importance of subduing our passions and improving ourselves in masonry, feeding the attentive ear with the sound of the instructive tongue, endeavoring to add to the common stock of knowledge and understanding, effectively spreading the cement of knowledge and wisdom. Peace out.